you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you for your presence. Father, as we gather together, Lord, we know that where two or three are gathered, then you are there right in the middle of it. And Father, we thank you that you're in our gathering today. Father, even though we're distanced and separated, Father, that you are still present. Father, we just thank you that you are still in control, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of all lords. Father, we sung in those songs there that there's nothing that you can't do. There's no mountain you can't move. Father, we know these things to be true. And Father, we just thank you that you are still in control. And Father, even as we live in dark times, Father, as we live in times where there's a lot of fear and worry and concern, Father, we just pray that you would come and that you would cause our hearts to be still before you. Father, we just worship you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. And Father, we just ask that as we open up your word in just a minute or two, Father, that you would open our our hearts and our minds to really receive what you would say to us. Father, may you speak to us. And Father, may we hear what it is that you want to say today into our lives. Father, we we just pray that you'd come and that you bring us peace amidst, amidst the chaos of our times. Father, we just ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to turn uh, in just a little minute to our our Bibles, and we're going to read from uh, Philippians chapter 4, and the title of what we're going to talk about today is When Worries Take Over, and I'm sure we can all kind of identify uh, with that in the times that we're living in, when worries take over. Um, You you can't see this at the moment, but maybe you've seen the the post earlier on Facebook, Um, all the chairs are set out. Uh, There's a name on every chair, your name is represented here today. And so one of the great things for me is that everyone's here uh, today and and, uh, your name's on a chair and everyone's on time and everyone's mixed up and uh, sitting with somebody that you don't know. So, um, and there's also one other uh, incredible thing today, the front row is filled up as well. So it's the first time ever online church, the front (laughs) front row's filled up. But seriously, the names are out in chairs today so that we can pray for you uh, by name today, for your family today, uh, that the Lord would protect you and keep you and bless you. And uh, I said at the start of this year, I got up on the 5th of January and I preached a message and I said in that message that this year is not a business as usual year. And it's something that I've, I've said over and over again. It's not business as usual. God is doing something new in our times. We, we kicked off our year in January with 21 days of prayer, with fasting. And I really felt that God was doing something significant in our time, that it was indeed going to be a really uh, different year for us. And I really believe that God can bring good out of bad situations. You know, today you might have uh, questions, you might have struggles, you may have worries, you may be part of our uh, fellowship here at Whitburn Pentecostal Church, you may be tuning in and not part of the church. Uh, Feel free to use the Facebook app to give us your questions, your thoughts, your comments, and we'll look through those and uh, we'll really endeavor to pray for you and to get back to you and really uh, speak into your life as well. Because we want as as the church to be of help to you and to really be of service uh, to you because we believe that the hope the, the church is the hope of the world. I'm going to read uh, in just a little minute from Philippians chapter 4. We're going to turn to uh, the Bible and really see what God wants to, to say to us. And in verse 4, it says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and my heart in Christ Jesus. Verse 8 says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever you have heard or learned or received from me, put these things into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Incredible words written by the Apostle Paul, a man who knew what it was to go through difficult times, a man who knew what it was to be deeply, physically, emotionally, and spiritually challenged. And he writes to the church and encourages them not to worry. I want to talk just briefly today about fear and about worry and about what this passage tells us to do when we feel those things. Fear is an unpleasant uh, emotion caused by the threat of danger, pain, or harm. And it's often uh, related to immediate danger, things that are happening right there and right then. I remember back when I was a lot younger, uh, I was in Japan, I was staying there, and I was uh, working and living there. And one night when I was coming back, late at night, it was midnight, I was traveling back, walking back uh, to my apartment. I would been out with some of the, the guys from the work. And I decided to get off the main street and go down some of the back alleys and side streets and uh, down beside all the old traditional houses in Kyoto. And uh, so I was walking down, it was dark, and I, I spied down in front of me a man with a samurai sword. And he was doing all these uh, actions with a sword and wielding this sword about. And there was just something inside of me, got a little bit scared. And, uh, you know, when we, when we see something that frightens us, there's this uh, response that happens within us. Adrenaline kicks in, and there are three potential responses, to fight, to flight, or to freeze. To fight, we go full on in attack mode. Flight is when we are in denial and when we run away. And freeze is when we can't do anything at all. We just stand there, and we're powerless to do nothing. You probably want to know what I did in that moment when I saw the samurai sword. Well, I actually decided to just keep walking and uh, to approach the danger. Actually, it wasn't dangerous at all. Um, the guy was just doing his, his routines in, in, in Japanese. I said uh, good evening to him as I passed. But the truth is that when we see things that are fearful, it can cause a reaction within our hearts. And these days, that can be, simply just be turning on our television sets and watching the news God says to people all the way through the Bible, don't be afraid. In fact, in one way or another, 365 times in the Bible, we're encouraged not to be afraid. And why, why was God saying this? God was saying this because they had something to be afraid of. Think about Abraham. Abraham left all he knew, not knowing where he was going to go. Joseph, Joseph was the guy with the, the multicolored coat. Joseph was falsely accused. He was thrown into prison. All sorts of things happened to him. He had something to be afraid of. David, who was one of the kings of Israel, he faced a, a giant man called Goliath. Elijah, who was on the run from a woman, believe it or not. And then think about Jesus himself. All of these people had something to be afraid of, which is why the Bible says, don't be afraid. Jesus was betrayed by a friend and handed over to be crucified. And it's, it's really easy to say don't be afraid when there's nothing happening in our lives to be scared of, when everything is well with the world, when we're sitting in our favorite coffee shop with our friends and the sun is shining and all is well. 
It's when there's something to be afraid of, that's when it actually means something. That's when it matters. And let me encourage you in these times when there's fear all around the place to feed your faith and starve your fear. Fear and faith are like darkness and light. Darkness doesn't have an on switch. The light does. And I encourage you to switch on your faith. Switch on the light of your faith as we face difficult times together in our nation. You know, there's a simple thing. We, we um, uh, love to light candles at Christmas time. Sometimes we get candles that have like a, they're in a little pot and uh, they have a lid and uh, we can be burning the candle. And one of the surest ways to put out that flame is to put the lid on and eventually the oxygen is snuffed out of the air and there's nothing to feed the flame anymore. And I would encourage us to think about worry and fear in the same way. We need to cut off the oxygen. We need to cut off that which is fueling our worrying thoughts. We need to learn to practice to cut off worrying thoughts, to not be anxious. And I really know how hard it is because I've been in that position where I have had to consciously cut off the difficult thoughts that are creeping into my mind. It needs discipline and it needs practice. And sometimes we can't manage it. And that's okay because we can get overwhelmed sometimes, but we need in those circumstances to really pray and to pick ourselves up. The second thing from this passage is, is this whole thing about anxiety. Anxiety is slightly different. It's a feeling of worry, of nervousness or uneasiness about something that's uncertain. It's often connected with the unknown. And this is when worries take over. It's when there are things in our lives that are unknown. This is the uncertainty that we all face. None of us know what tomorrow will hold. And the reality is that their future was not known to us before this virus kicked in. There was just a lot of things that we took for granted. The difference is that now everybody is thinking about the uncertainty, is thinking about the future, and is thinking about the things that they have no control over. And the reality is that we all worry. Now, we can have bursts of worry, and that's probably okay because it will pass where we start getting into difficulty is when we have a lifestyle of worry because that starts to upset the delicate balance of our brain chemistry and that begins to affect our whole being. It's like a dark cloud that hangs over us and worry is fueled by our thoughts and it can be hard to cut off that live feed to our brain, the things that we see, the things that we hear, the things that we're feeding ourselves on as we switch on our television sets these days, as we hear all the things that are happening in our world. I would encourage you to, if that's causing you to be fearful, to cut off that supply of information to your brain. And rather than do that, to, to pray, as we're going to talk about just in a few seconds, worry is contagious. If you look around these days at the empty shelves in the supermarket, I think it highlights the fact that worry is probably more contagious than the virus that our world is facing just now. Fear and anxiety are like identical twins. Anxiety, live and then worry slightly later. Both fear and anxiety live in our minds and that begins to affect our whole body. There's a colleague who stays down in Wales and he puts it this way, the mind is the brush that paints the whole house. The mind is the brush that paints the whole house. In other words, what we feed on, what we think, 
will affect our whole being, will affect how we speak, will affect how we act, will affect how we behave towards other people. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, as a man thinks, so is the man. In other words, what goes on inside us, how we think, will affect our whole being. In this passage, in Philippians chapter 4, we're instructed not to be anxious about anything. And I just want to invite you today to join me as I unpack what this message is actually saying in a series of devotional messages on Facebook this week, where I'll begin to open up the subject that we're talking about today. But I'm going to just give you an introduction today, and then we can look into it in more depth during the week. We're encouraged by the Apostle Paul not to be anxious about anything. It's a choice that we make. Don't be anxious. When somebody tells you to do something or not to do something, we have a choice. We always have a choice as to how we're going to respond to that. And how does Paul encourage us to respond to that? He says a number of things that we're going to just touch on briefly today and we'll open up as we go through this during the week. The first thing that he says is to rejoice. And rejoice means to be cheerful or to be calmly happy. I wonder how many people these days are cheerful or calmly happy in the midst of all that's going on in our world. It's just, it's chaotic. And we'll pray for leaders in just a little while who are trying to make good decisions on behalf of all of us. But we have a decision to make today. We have the decision to make, will we put into practice what Paul is saying when he says don't be anxious but instead rejoice in the Lord always and he says it again rejoice that word is linked to joy being joyful it's linked to the fruit of the spirit that we read about in Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 you know as a Christian um, I, I first made the decision to become a Christian when I was six years old. I remember clearly coming back from church at night. We went to church in Glasgow at that time. And I'd come in, I was in bed, it was a Sunday night, and I remember getting out of my bed and getting down on my knees very, very clearly that the moon was shining in the window. And I, I, I remember in that moment inviting God into my life. I, I remember saying, I, I'm really sorry for all the things that I've done that um, are not good uh, and, and are you know, sinful to you. And I ask that you come in and forgive me and live in my heart. And, and I believe in that moment that the Holy Spirit came into my life. Um, that was a decision that was built upon in the years to come. And just experiencing the Holy Spirit living within me. And it's a, it's a journey that we, we kind of lean into. But Galatians chapter 5 says that the fruit of having the Holy Spirit live in us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it says that against these things, there's no law. If we're doing these things, we're living the way that God wants us to. And God is able to cause that fruit to grow within our lives. Sometimes it's difficult to be cheerful or to be calmly happy, especially in the midst of all the things that are going on. But God can do that when He lives in us and His fruit starts to develop in our lives. So we're told to rejoice. We're told to be gentle. Gentleness is all about how we treat other people. What does it say in verse 5? Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Again, it's one of the fruit of the Spirit that's mentioned in the passage you just read. And even amidst all the social unrest that we see, 
we can still make a choice to be gentle. Being gentle means that we begin to think about our neighbor. We begin to think about the person next door to us. We begin to think about the person who's coming after us in the supermarket when they need pasta as well, (laughs) or when they need toilet roll as well. All these things, these are things that we need to begin to think about and say, how am I treating my neighbor? Paul goes on to say, don't be anxious. Don't allow yourself to be troubled with cares. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. I think every church in the land has quoted this on their Facebook or social media posts this week. What does it say? It says, cast all your anxiety on God because He cares for you. Cast all your cares on Him because He cares for you. It's a choice. We worry about what may happen. We worry about the unknown. And all of this takes place in our thought life. Jesus, even Jesus instructed the disciples, his many followers, think about the situation that he came to his teaching. He instructed them not to be betrayed by his friend and disciple Judas. Luke chapter 22 gives us a little insight into what Jesus had to go through. He knew what it was to be fearful and, and to worry. It says in Luke chapter 22, verse 41, that he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. He's talking about the disciples. And this is the very first instance of social distancing uh, that we come across. It's in the Bible. It's not new. It's all been happening before. Jesus separated himself from the disciples, and he knelt down and prayed. And listen to what he prayed. He says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. He knew what lay ahead of him. He knew what was in front of him. There was a certain future. That's why Jesus came into the earth to start with. If you're willing, take this from me. Take this suffering away from me. And yet what he says next is staggering. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And in that moment, verse 43 tells us that an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And then it goes on to say, and being in anguish. Jesus was in anguish at this moment. The word that's used, the word agonia, is the word that's used in in the original uh, language of the Bible, Greek. And and, And this word just tries to encapsulate this whole thing about struggle for victory. It's a struggle for victory. And I I think, I imagine this like a contest in an arena and, and, and it, it, just the struggle for victory in the contest. And, and Jesus is in prayer, and there's this struggle going on inside him for victory in this contest, this massive internal struggle. And it says, it goes on to say that he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. It, it affected Jesus so much, it affected his body so much that even his sweat began uh, to, to be blood coming out of his body. He was so distressed. But what was he doing? He was wrestling for us. He was wrestling for our salvation. He was wrestling for our freedom. He was wrestling for our forgiveness. He was wrestling for our restoration as people. And at this time, he was turning to his Father God, and he was praying. And he said, if this is what I have to go through, then because this is what you want, I'll do it. Jesus knows what it means to to be fearful and to, to be in agony and to be in anguish. 
And so when I pray, when I pray to God in Jesus' name, I know that I pray to somebody who really understands what's happening. The Bible goes on to encourage us in this passage to pray. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Prayer is our daily conversation with God. It happens when we wake up. It happens when we're in the shower, when we're making breakfast, when we're traveling to and from work. Although these days, not many people are doing that. They're probably traveling to the bedroom or the spare office in the house. But this prayer, this prayer is all about relationship. It's all about a conversation with God that's ongoing all the time. The Bible tells us to pray continually. And so we can have that relationship with God and be praying. But it also goes on to say about petitioning. This is when we get really specific before God. This is when we're coming before God about specific situations, which many have already done today. Even in my own time this morning, just as I was coming before God, began to lift up the people in our nation, our leaders, um, for this specific situation that we face. This is what it means to petition, to really lean into God and to bring our requests before Him. To pray for our leaders, to pray for the frontline staff who are dealing with the situation that we find ourselves in these days. To deal with, to, to pray for those who are, uh, globally who are affected by this pandemic. It's the times when we get on our knees before God and present our case. And we've been reading a book in the church called Draw the Circle by Mark Batterson. And on page 99 of that book, he says, by definition, praying hard is hard because it's hard. Sometimes it's a challenge to pray when there are all these worries and fears going on in our minds, but that's the very time where we need to get down on our knees and we need to begin to seek God and to pray to him. The passage that we've read goes on to say that we have to be thankful. It talks about with thanksgiving, not only to pray to God and bring requests, not only to have that conversation and, and really bring those requests before him, but to also give thanks to God. And I'm going to come back to that. It takes so much for granted. It's so important. But the reality is that we take so much for granted when we develop an attitude of gratitude, it changes our whole outlook on life. I know that because I have had to put this into practice in my life, even in the most difficult of times in my life. Thankfulness is a great daily discipline. It begins to take your eyes off of what you don't have and focuses them on what you do have. But what happens next? When we learn to rejoice, to be joyful in every circumstance, to be gentle, to cast our cares and worries upon God, to have that daily conversation as we present our requests while remaining thankful, something happens within us. And remember, it's a choice. It's a discipline. But when we do it, the Bible says that we experience the incredible peace of God. Paul says that this peace which comes from God guards our very hearts and minds. It guards the very core of our being. What does it say? Listen to verse 7. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What is described is a peace that God can give that is beyond understanding. And it's given to us through this person of Jesus Christ. 
this person who knows what it is to go through suffering, who knows all about anguish, who knows about the cares and concerns of being human. This is the peace that God can give us. This is the peace that God can give you. If you're a Christian today, then God can give you that peace in greater abundance. If you've never made the decision to become a Christian, God is willing today to come in and be part of your life and to give you that peace, not only within yourself, but a peace with Him. I think it's this peace and this relationship with God that inspires a person to write on the wall of a concentration camp during the Second World War. I believe in the sun even when it's not shining. I believe in love even when I feel it not. I believe in God even when He is silent. And I think there are probably many people in our world who kind of feel like the sun has stopped shining, even on a, a glorious day as it is uh, at church here today. People who feel that there is no love in the world, and you can understand why some people would think that. People who think that God is silent, but actually, God is not silent. God is speaking into the circumstances that we face today. And we're encouraged even through the songs that we've sang and through the words which we've read from the Bible today to allow hope to arise within our hearts, to allow faith to rise in our hearts, to redirect our thoughts toward God. The sun is shining still, even though the dark clouds are trying to block it out. If you're anxious, let the words of the song here again by Elevation Worship seep into your soul. And I've been listening to this song so many times over the last number of months. And this is what it says, I can't go back to the beginning. And I can't control what tomorrow will bring. But I know here in the middle is the place where you promise to be. I wonder what your response will be today. How will you respond to what God is telling you today? Someone asked David Hume, a famous atheist, why he was going to hear uh, George Whitfield preach. And they says, you don't believe anything he says. And he says, yeah, but he does. George Whitfield was so convincing in the things that he believed and his relationship with God and all that God can do for us that inspired even people who had no thought of God. I trust today that you feel inspired, that we serve a God, we believe in a God who is all-powerful and who has everything under his control and is able to bring good even out of bad, this bad situation that we face. Jesus, I think, is the answer to all our problems. And I believe that God can do powerful things, even in the midst of a pandemic. We get absorbed with the immediate day-to-day -day problems. But perhaps our greatest problem is a problem of eternal separation from God. And that's the incredible good news that Jesus offers today. Because it's not just a hope for today, it's a hope for eternity. Jesus tells us in John chapter 10, verse 10, you could have peace with God. Jesus died on the cross, and it tells us in John chapter 10, verse 10, that he died in order that we could have life in all its fullness. In fact, if I can quote that whole verse, it says that the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. The enemy of our souls, the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus has come that we might have life and life in all its fullness. The solution 
is to recognize that Jesus died for our sins and that accepting his sacrifice by confessing his name before God in prayer and inviting him into our lives that we can have peace with God. And when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, when we invite him in, he can cause this peace to rise up within us. Not only peace here on earth, but peace in eternity as well. And I just ask you today, will you receive him today? Will you receive that peace which God has to offer you today? Jesus can give us a peace that goes beyond all understanding. And I just want to encourage us just in this moment to pray. Um, you, you may be tuned in uh, on, on Facebook um, and we just encourage you to pray just now. You may be listening to the podcast uh, later on after this message um, has been preached. And if this is you today, then I just want to encourage you to, to really respond uh, to all that God wants to do in your heart today. You know, maybe, maybe you're in uh, in your home today and I would just encourage you if you want to receive that peace which God has to offer that you just maybe stand and you're not standing before me you're standing in the presence of God because God is right there with you in the circumstance God is right there with you in your room in which you watch this message or or if you listen to this on the podcast later on God is with you and he knows what's going on in your heart and he's interested in who you are as a person And maybe you just want to pray a simple prayer. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And then I'm going to pray uh, in just a moment for our nation and the things that we're facing just now. And so you maybe just want to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you today. And I recognize all that Jesus has done for me. That he has given his own life. That I might have life that I might have an abundant life, a full life, here and also in eternity as well. And I pray that you'd forgive me and invite your Holy Spirit into my life to help me to live the way you want. And I ask that you would fill me with your Spirit and fill me with your peace. Amen. And if you've prayed that prayer today, then God will come into your heart the Holy Spirit will come in and please feel free to message us on Facebook. We have some uh, information that we can send you. We can post it out to you uh, for you to begin to, to look at um, and really understand all who God is and what he's done for you. I'm going to pray now uh, for our nation um, and pray that we all experience this peace of God, the peace that surpasses understanding. So let's just bow our heads. We're going to pray uh, for our nation as we experience this incredible uh, time uh, not just for us in, in, in Scotland, but for the world. And I'm going to just pray for those uh, in Scotland at the moment who are affected by that. And Father, just yesterday, as, as we got up to date with the statistics, Father, we read that there are 373 people who have tested positive for this uh, virus. And Father, we pray for them that they would make a full recovery. Lord, we pray that uh, no more people uh, would uh, die as a result of this virus. Lord, we pray that your hand would be seen in this. And Father, I know that I'm joining with so many people across our nation today who are just coming before you and asking that you will move on the behalf on behalf of our nation, 
And Father, that your hand would be upon us. And Father, we pray for the families of the seven people in Scotland so far who have died as a result of this uh, terrible disease. Father, we pray for them, Lord, that they would be comforted, Lord, that they would experience uh, that comfort from your Holy Spirit, that they would experience your peace. And Father, it's difficult enough just now without having to deal with grief as well. And so, Father, we just pray for your grace to be upon them. Father, we pray that you would come and that you would touch them in their situation, that you would touch their families. And Father, that you provide for the things which they need. And we pray particularly for the elderly and the vulnerable, those with health concerns. Lord, we pray that you would keep them safe. Lord, help them to make good choices and to keep themselves safe as well. Father, that no more people would be affected by this. Father, we pray for your protection on our neighbors and our families, on our community. Father, for the the people that surround us, the people that we know, the people that we're in contact with, we, we pray for protection over them. Lord, we pray for wisdom, health and strength and energy for those who lead in our governments, the officials, Father, those who have to assess a rapidly evolving situation and have to make decisions. Lord, we pray that you'd help them to make wise and timely decisions. Lord, we pray that your hand would be upon them. And Father, anyone who leads in any capacity in our nation, pray for business leaders, Father, those who are responsible for people. Lord, we pray, help them to make wise decisions. And Father, as the government has uh, made it uh, clear that they want to help people and and give uh, relief Lord, we pray for the whole infrastructure. Lord, we we know that there is uh, practical things that need to to be done in order for this to happen. Lord, we pray that you'd help those who are making those decisions and making this happen. Lord, that it would happen smoothly. Lord, for those who uh, are on benefits and who need that support, Lord, we pray that it would come quickly. Father, we pray for those who are on the front lines of treating this virus. Father, those who are involved in health care and Father, those who are involved in social welfare and have these responsibilities, Lord, we pray that your hand would be upon them. And Father, keep them safe and keep their families safe. And Lord, we thank you for them. We thank you for the work that they are doing. Father, people who live so sacrificially, and Lord, we just pray that you bless them. We thank you for them. Father, they're special people. And Lord, may they experience your love and peace. May your blessing be upon them and their families. Lord, for those who are anxious about jobs, Father, we just pray that you bring peace and bring provision for those people. So, Father, we just lift these prayers before you. Lord, we join with thousands across our nation today, hundreds of thousands, Father, who will be praying these prayers. Father, who are concerned about our neighbor. Lord, we just lift these prayers before you in Jesus' precious name. And Lord, we ask that you'd hear them and that you'd answer them. And Lord, we pray your blessing on each of us, Lord, for those who are part of uh, this particular church, those who are joining us today, Lord, those of us, uh, those of those who are our neighbors, Lord, we pray your blessing upon each one. Lord, keep this community safe and the communities that we represent as a church. And Lord, we just pray that we would experience your presence in ever-increasing measure. Father, may we experience the peace which goes beyond what our hearts and minds can understand. Father, help us to put these disciplines into practice in our lives. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious towards you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you peace. In Jesus' name. Amen.